Welcome to the Unfuck Your Health podcast with Brevin and Maddie, where we get into everything fitness, nutrition, mindset, and help you unfuck your health. Welcome to another episode of the Unfuck Your Health podcast with Brevin and Maddie. What's going on, Maddie? What are we going over today? Hey, everyone. We're going over training for strength versus aesthetics. So kind of the similarities and differences between the types of training and just how to go about setting up training for those. Perfect. Um, So we'll start off with what even is training for aesthetics or training for hypertrophy. So hypertrophy is growing the actual size of the muscle. So you can kind of think about uh, like training like a bodybuilder. Um, You're focusing on specific muscle groups. um, You're training for the look versus the actual function of the muscle necessarily. So it doesn't matter as much how strong the muscle is. You're going more for size. Um, So if you remember um, a couple podcasts ago, we talked about hypertrophy a little bit. And I said, this is kind of a consequence of training rather than an adaptation of training. Um, So what I mean by that is you have to specifically train for strength or or endurance. Um, But hypertrophy, there's such a wide range that you can get hypertrophy um, that it's more of a consequence of training. You get it because you're training, not training to get that. Um, So it's kind of the most forgiving adaptation that you can get. Um, where training for strength is something you have to specifically train for. Um, strength is a skill. <clears throat> so it's something that you have to train for. Um, if you want to lift heavy weights, you have to lift heavy weights. Um, you're not going to build strength lifting um, 30 reps or lifting 10 pounds. You're going to build strength lifting heavy ass weights, which is what we like to do. Um, you, it's about building neurological efficiency, um, the rate of force development, and like I said, it is an adaptation you specifically train for where hypertrophy is more of a consequence or such a wide range, um, which we'll get to here in just a sec. So the first thing that we'll get into is the loading differences for strength and hypertrophy. So for strength, it's generally going to be best trained in the three to six rep range where hypertrophy is going to be trained anywhere from five reps to 30 reps. Um, so that's where we kind of talked about it is more of a, an consequence of training because it's such a wide range you can actually get hypertrophy where strength it's very very specific you have to lift heavy weights to be able to lift heavy weights um so now there is a little bit of an overlap there um so strength three to six hypertrophy five to thirty so five to six reps you can technically get both so trying to do five to six reps for strength and hypertrophy at the same time just isn't sustainable. Um, it's going to be a lot of volume um, that's extremely fatiguing. Um, so you're not really going to be able to do that in that rep range. Um, so we'll kind of, again, later in the podcast, get to how to do both of them at the same time. Um, can you do both of them at the same time? So the next thing we'll get into is the volume differences for strength and hypertrophy. So strength is going to be a lot more fatiguing per set. And for the best results to produce the most amount of strength or force, you're going to want to carry over a lot less fatigue. The more fatigued you are, the harder it's going to be to actually have that strength show. Um, So it'll essentially mask your ability to produce strength. And we kind of saw this, um, and I'll let you speak on this for a second, um, during our powerlifting prep, um, going through some of those peaks, we saw Maddie hit a 380-pound state record at the meet but failed what was it 355 365 for two um in our last couple weeks of prep yeah yeah so really it does make a huge difference honestly it's a huge difference even mentally like even hitting one rep versus two but 
really even lighter weights for more than one rep it can be extremely fatiguing obviously one rep max like my 380 pound squat like it was definitely fatiguing but just in a different way for sure yeah so it's very centrally fatiguing um, on your central nervous system um, and when you have that fatigue it's very hard to produce force um, and produce the most amount of force um, because a one rep max attempt is something that's extremely fatiguing maybe not to your muscles but to your central nervous system which is again strengths very neurological if you are masking that neurological efficiency you're not going to produce that force and be able to push that weight um, but if you're able to drop some of that fatigue, and that's where if you follow any sort of powerlifting programming and there's a peaking phase, it's about dropping that fatigue so that you can then show your ability, um, you can show your fitness, um, the ability to actually produce that maximal strength. Um, yeah, one thing I think people look over with strength training too, mostly for strength, is the is maintaining your joint health too. That's something that also can get really fatigued if you continue to annihilate that in the gym. Yeah. So that's where we were kind of talking with those um, loading differences. And even with these volume differences, if you try to do um, 20 sets per week of heavy squats, you're going to be fucking destroyed. It's going to be so hard and you're never going to recover from that. And that fitness or ability to produce strength is going to be masked so heavily by um, fatigue that it's going to look like you're actually getting worse over time because like one week you go in there you might hit 400 for two or three reps and the next week um, you're barely able to hit 400 for one or you're failing 400 pounds because you're just so fatigued you can't produce that force um, so for hypertrophy it's not as fatiguing per set and having fatigue isn't necessarily a bad thing because it doesn't hold you back from hitting um, that as long as it doesn't hold you back from hitting that muscle again later in the week um, because it's not as neurological um, as strength is, it's about just producing as much tension through that muscle as possible. Um, that as long as you can recover enough to hit that muscle group again very efficiently, then it doesn't matter that much. Um, you'll get a higher stimulus and a higher volumes for hypertrophy. Because the biggest driver for hypertrophy is actually going to be volume, obviously outside of mechanical tension. Um, progressing sets over a mesocycle or just progressing volume in general and doing more is going to lead to more hypertrophy. But for strength, it's not necessarily the same thing. Um, so that's kind of where we have to look at those volume differences and see what is your goal? What's going to work best for you? Is your goal more strength um, or is it more uh, hypertrophy so you're able to actually do more volume? Um, then we'll get into some progression differences. Um, so strength training. Very fucking simple. Your goal is to lift more weight. So the stimulus in this sense is actually going to be the weight that you're using. Um, so if your goal is to get stronger, then you're going to go from squatting 300 pounds to 305 pounds, 10 to 315, 320, work your way up to 400 pounds. Um, obviously, it's not going to be a week over week thing. Um, and It's going to take some time. But that's the sole goal of strength training is to get stronger, to move more weight. That's how we're gauging strength is can you move more weight? So if you're not moving more weight, you're not doing something right. The program isn't working for you. There's some other factor, um, whether it's fatigue or whatever, that's not letting you actually hit your goal. But for hypertrophy, again, it is the most forgiving adaptation. Um, you can do more weights, grow muscles, more reps, grows muscles, more volume, really grows your muscles. Again, more volume is going to be, to a certain point, the biggest driver of hypertrophy 
after mechanical tension. So as long as you're putting tension into the muscles, you can do more reps, more weight, or more volume, and you're going to grow. Um, that's the cool thing about hypertrophy is you cannot know what you're doing and still get some hypertrophy. Um, but if you really know what you're doing, you can maximize that hypertrophy and really, really grow. Um, so this is where we can go from our minimum effective volume. So what's the least amount of volume that we can do to actually grow? And you can build over a mesocycle or two mesocycles to your maximal recoverable volume. So what's the most that you can do and still recover from? And that's where you're going to be growing the absolute most. Um, so that'll allow you to build through that. Now, don't get me wrong. You'll still get a little bit stronger. Um, not even just a little bit stronger. You will get stronger going through hypertrophy training. Um, there's some really fucking strong bodybuilders out there or people that just train for hypertrophy, but training for a one rep max training to increase the big three squat bench deadlift, um, or to be the maximal strong, strongest that you can be is very different than being strong for hypertrophy reasons. Now I like to incorporate a little bit of both, which again, we'll get to here in just a little bit. Um, because a bigger muscle is almost always going to be a stronger muscle, but you do have to work on that neurological efficiency a little bit as well. So then we'll get into programming differences and exercise selection. Um, so for hypertrophy um, training, as long as the muscle isn't too fatigued or damaged for the next training session, you're pretty much good. The neurological stimulus um, or the neurological fatigue is much, much lower for hypertrophy training. Um, you're going to get a lot of local muscle fatigue. So like if you're doing bicep curls, isn't going to drain um, you and centrally fatigue you, but doing really heavy fucking squats, bench and deadlift, that definitely will. Because again, trying to produce maximal force, a very neurologically efficient uh, or neurologically demanding um, ask for your body is something that will drain that central nervous system. But doing bicep curls, lateral raises, um, stuff like that, that's not centrally fatiguing that's local fatigue that's something you'll recover from in just a few days um so for hypertrophy you can generally train anywhere from three to six sessions per week now i tend to lean towards four to five sessions per week um and you're going to try to hit every muscle group um two to four times per week and that's really going to depend on where your weaknesses are what things you want to grow the most um how many days per week you're training and how heavy you're training because again we can train anywhere from five reps to 30 reps and still see hypertrophy those are all going to dictate how you actually go into that um if you want some more on that we actually do have another podcast um like two or three episodes ago going over how to create a training plan for hypertrophy and fat loss so go give that a listen um but you're going to focus on hitting the muscles in different planes um so for example we're thinking chest you're going to hit incline bench flat bench cable flies dumbbell flies, dips, um, chest press machine. Those are all different ways to hit the exact same muscle group. Um, where in strength training, you're generally training three to five days per week and focusing on the big three, um, or at least big compounds and variations of the big three. Um, for strength, the goal of the program is to get more technically efficient with the big three to get stronger in those lifts and the accessory movements are for aiding in getting stronger and working on weaknesses in the big three. Um, so you can add in a little bit of hypertrophy work, um, but it's not a, as efficient because you're not doing as much volume, um, but it's a lot more for maintenance. Yeah, I actually had a really fun time kind of harnessing or honing into my weaknesses as we found them out. So we found that at least my weakness in my squat Everything. was- Everything. 
No, stop. That's rude. No, I'm just kidding. But honestly, I do want to build strength everywhere. But we really had to hone into my quads. We found that they were really underutilized in my squat. So we started adding more quad-based exercises, and we saw that my squat went up significantly. So I thought State that was cool. State record, baby. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, but for hypertrophy, what we mean by this is that the exercise selection is just going to be way wider. Generally, when you're training for strength, people are talking about getting stronger in the squat, bench, or deadlift, or a variation of those, um, especially if you're a power lifter like us. Um, your, your goal is to get stronger in those movements or c- big compound movements. Um, you don't give a shit about how much you can lateral raise or bicep curl um, or how much you can put on the leg extension. Like Those are great, and I love those exercises, but for building strength, they're not that necessary. Um, but for hypertrophy, the exercise selection is almost endless. It's going to come down to what you like, what you enjoy, what you can put tension to that muscle, and what feels good. Sustainability long term. Um, so there's actually a study. Um, I don't remember the name of the study, um, so don't quote me on any of that. Um, but if anyone has any questions on it, I can definitely find it and send you the link. Um, essentially what it was is they were looking at global hypertrophy of the quads. So they had one group just Smith machine squat and another group do Smith machine squats and uh, like three or four other exercises. Now they equated volume. So volume was the same between the two groups, but the global hypertrophy was a lot higher in the group that did Smith machine squats and other stuff versus the ones that did just Smith machine squats. And this is because it's going to hit the muscle in a slightly different way. So you're going to have a little bit more of that global hypertrophy versus doing the exact same thing all the time. Now, for strength training, people don't necessarily care how big they are. It's about how strong you are. Now, for hypertrophy, obviously, you're looking to be how big you can be. So you want the most hypertrophy. You want to maximize that and get the most global hypertrophy possible. For strength, it's just about becoming as strong as possible in these movements. Um, So then we also have to look at the stimulus to fatigue ratio for hypertrophy versus strength. Um, So this is where you see the debate a lot of are squats necessary for hypertrophy, are deadlifts, or whatever exercise you can throw in there necessary for hypertrophy. And for hypertrophy, I would say there's not a single exercise that is necessary or that you have to do for hypertrophy. Um, Now, strength training is a different story. You have to do the squat. You have to do the bench. You have to do the deadlift, especially as a power lifter. You're going to do those ones or at least a variation of them. If you're just trying to get as strong as possible, you're probably doing those or a variation or some heavy compounds, stuff like that. Um, But we'll stick to um, just we'll say you're a power lifter. You're going to hit the squat, bench, and deadlift. So the exercise selection is obviously a lot less. Um, But for hypertrophy, you have to look at how much stimulus are you getting for a movement versus how much fatigue you accumulate with that movement um, and see that's that stimulus to fatigue ratio. Is it worth to do for you? Um, so barbell squats, there are a lot of other factors that go into a barbell squat. So we have to look and say, okay, we're trying to build our quads here. So is a barbell squat necessary for that? Some people say yes. Some people say no. I will look at it and say, okay, a, do you feel your quads in this movement do you have are they sore afterwards Um, how much fatigue are you accumulating how much stimulus do you actually feel in those quads also we have to look at how proficient are you at the squat 
Um, are you good at bracing? Are you creating a lot of tension? There's a lot of other factors that go into a squat. Now, if you're a good squatter, you feel it in your quads really well. You even throw in a heel elevation um, to make more knee over toe, to create more torque requirement at the quad, then you know what? That might be great for you if you really enjoy it. But now if you can do that and you're sore for five days afterwards, that's probably not a good exercise for you because yes, you're getting a good stimulus, but the fatigue that's accumulated with that is not worth it. Plus all those other external limiting factors. Are you really loading the most amount of weight you can do to push it? So your quads are getting close to failure and it's not something else like your core stability or your back um, that's giving out first. Well, to grow our quads the most, we need to take them between zero to three reps in reserve or zero to three reps away from failure. And if other stuff is your limiting factor, not your quads, then mm, it's probably not the best exercise for you. Now, you can go on a leg press. You can throw on probably more weight than you can squat. At least I would hope so. And you can absolutely murder your quads. And that's going to be the first thing to fail because you have a lot of external stability with you. You can... Um, take all those other factors out and just have your quads be the thing that's limiting you to push any more weight. That's probably a good exercise for hypertrophy for you. So when we're creating a program, those are the things that we have to look at is like a deadlift. Obviously I love deadlifts. It's my favorite exercise, but for hypertrophy, a, a sumo deadlifts, probably not a great hypertrophy exercise to start with. Um, but that's a whole nother rabbit hole to go down. Um, but even a conventional deadlift, yeah, I think that it can be very beneficial for some posterior chain development, but how much fatigue are you taking from that? Is your back sore for three, four, five days after, and it's affecting your next leg day or even your next back day, depending on where you put that in your program? Well, then it might not be the best exercise for you. It's not taking the muscles through a very big range of motion. You're not putting a ton of tension into it. You're getting a lot of isometric tension. Um, and it's leaving you super sore. Now, if you can feel a fantastic um, stimulus from it and you don't get super sore from it and you really enjoy it, awesome. Throw deadlifts in there. So all that being said, there is not a specific exercise I will ever tell someone that is necessary for hypertrophy. It comes down to that stimulus to fatigue ratio. How much stimulus are you getting from it? Um, how much fatigue are you taking away from it? Is it worth it for you? Are there other exercises that might be better for you? Um, so again, back to the squat. I think a squat is great um, and it's very beneficial for hypertrophy, but some better options might be a leg press, a hack squat, a pendulum squat, um, a Bulgarian split squat, a lunge. There's a ton of other variations to hit your quads that you might be able to put more tension in that quad and create more long-term growth. But again, sustainability if you really like squats and it's something that's going to keep you coming to the gym then fucking do squats man don't make it any more complicated than that i was going to say in regards to the strength to fatigue ratio um when you were talking about doing your walking lunges how that just annihilates didn't you say your glutes that one always makes you so sore after yeah. anytime i personally do um walking lunges it absolutely murders my glutes i can do 85s in each hand and do walking lunges and yeah i can feel my quads but the next day my glutes hurt for probably three or four days after 
which you know what? Maybe my glutes suck. And yeah, they do. I'm working on it. Okay. Give me a break. Damn. I was going to say, but in regards to that, you still use like the hip thrust machine and you can do a lot of weight. So I just think it's crazy how that really does fatigue your glutes so much with walking lunges. Yeah. And that's where the stimulus to fatigue ratio is going to be different for every person. Um, so you just have to look at what you're doing and it's not going to be perfect every, every mezzo or every program, but you can start to build off of that for everyone and say, well, I, I like that, but I can do this exercise in place of that and push more weight or, um, progress better or not take as much fatigue from it, but still get a, just as good of a stimulus. Well, that's probably a better exercise for you. Um, so now we'll get into, can you do both and should you do both? Um, so a term that's been thrown around a lot in the past couple years is power building. I've thrown that term around a lot, power building. Um, so what this essentially boils down to is this is just called concurrent training. Um, so you're essentially doing both things at the same time. You're training for strength and for hypertrophy. Um, is this the absolute most optimal for every single person? Definitely not. Um, if you're a very advanced lifter, um, and you're a professional bodybuilder, professional power lifter, then probably not the best for you, but I don't believe any of those people are listening right now. Um, so concurrent training, the way that we would structure this is we want to choose our compound weight, um, or compound exercises as free weight exercises. Um, I believe personally that as a power lifter doing stuff that's going to create that you have to create more external stability, like a barbell row versus a chest supported dumbbell row now don't get me wrong chest supported dumbbell rows are in a lot of my clients programs i absolutely love them i think they're a fantastic exercise but you create a lot of external stability um, where in powerlifting, you have to create that stability yourself in a squat a deadlift and a bench you have to create tension throughout your body so i think practicing with that is great now is it the absolute most optimal to do a barbell row for hypertrophy maybe not but I think if your goal is strength and hypertrophy, that's something that you're like, okay, I'll let that one slide. Um, but we're going to start out by doing our strength-based movements. So squat, bench, deadlift, or a variation of those in the three to six rep range. Um, or we can train with top sets and back down sets. Um, I like both of them. I've used both of them. I program both of them. Um, so the first one, you're going to train in the three to six rep range. Um, you're going to do squat, bench, deadlift, or a variation of those. The other one, um, a top set, is you're going to work up to something heavy. Um, so generally, you're working on that neurological aspect of it and keeping that fired. So you're going to do something a little bit heavier, and then you're going to do some back down work, some volume work, um, and work on building muscle through that movement, but also the technical aspect of that movement. So you're getting a little bit of the heavy weight, but you're also getting some of the practice with it because remember, strength is a skill, and we're also getting some of the hypertrophy benefits from it. Um, then we're going to perform our accessory exercises in the 6 to 12 rep range that complement your strength-based exercises. Um, so we'll look at your strength exercise, your squat, bench, deadlift, and we'll see what are your weaknesses, what things do we need to work on. Those are how we pick our accessories. Um, so if you're like Maddie and your quads were something that you struggled with in your squat, then we're going to pick something as an accessory that's going to help us build our quads. We did a lot of high bar heel elevated squats to really still hit the squat pattern, but also to work on our quads. I also liked hitting that pendulum squat machine. That was awesome. If you have access to one of those, definitely use it. It's a lot of fun. Um, 
And then we'll add in some hypertrophy work in the 8 to 15 rep range to help build on some of our weaknesses or if you have some muscle groups that you want to grow. So this is where we can get a little bit um, of that bodybuilder mindset of like, you know, I want to look good at the beach. I got to get some big delts. Um, I got to get some bigger biceps. I'll throw some of that in at the end. Um, again, in that 8 to 15 rep range um, just so we can keep it relatively specific. Obviously, one rep and 15 reps are very different, but we want to keep it as specific as possible. And with hypertrophy having such a wide range, um, anywhere from five reps to 30 reps, we want to stay away from anything 15 plus just to try to build as much strength as possible and keep it as specific as possible. Um, now with this, the progression that we're going to want to work through is a progression in weight, not sets. So we're not trying to increase a ton of volume through this. Um, we're trying to increase weight. Um, so what this looks like for a lot of our accessories, um, especially the hypertrophy work is going to be working through like a double progression. Um, so we're not progressing one variable until we progress the other, the variables being weight and reps. Um, so we're not going to progress the weight until we work through the rep range. So say, um, we're working like dumbbell bench press, um, eight to 10 reps at 40 pounds and we're hitting eight, eight total reps for each set. Well, next week, our goal is nine or 10 reps. And once we top out that rep range, so we're hitting 40 for three sets of 10, then we'll increase in weight. That's a way that I like to progress through it. Um, but essentially, our goal is to work through progressing weight because, again, hypertrophy is very forgiving. We can get it through reps, weight, volume. Um, but we're also trying to keep it as specific as possible to strength, which is going to come through progressing the total load that we're moving. The other way that we can do this is going to be through phase potentiation. So what that looks like is um, we're going to do two to three mesocycles or three to four months of training mostly in the six to 15 rep range and still training our compounds or close variations of the big three um, in the five to 10 rep range. So we're still working on the big three. Um, so we're still keeping it specific that way. Um, and we're still working in the six to 15 rep range, but our goal is mostly hypertrophy during this time. Um, we're just getting that lower end of the rep range for hypertrophy so we can still translate it to strength later down the road. And then after those three to four months or two to three mesos, we'll do two to three mesos of strength training. So now we've built a bigger muscle. We've worked through some of our weaknesses. Now our goal is to make that new bigger muscle more neurologically efficient and stronger. We're able to produce force through that uh, muscle and get it stronger and stronger and stronger. So we're building our muscle, then we're making the muscle stronger. Then we're building more muscle, and then we're making that muscle stronger. Um, so like I said, essentially we're just building muscle with a small focus on strength, but keeping it geared towards strength with our exercise selection. And then we're trying to make the new muscles we have as strong and neurologically efficient as possible. Um, then we'll deload and repeat. So that's phase potentiation. So generally for beginners, um, you can get a lot of both hypertrophy and strength through just training in that five to 10 rep range with your compounds, um, and kind of training with that more power building sense, um, training as a newbie, you can do almost anything and grow and get stronger, which is great. Once we get into that intermediate though, um, I think a concurrent approach or the power building approach is the way to go. And then, like I said, as we get more advanced, um, you're going to have to phase your, um, training blocks a little bit more because things have to become more and more hyper-specific for you. Now, my special secret to all of this, if you want to build strength, size, get leaner, and do all of it at the same time, just take steroids. Just kidding.
unless get juiced <laughs> unless just kidding but maybe but probably not we'll see but that is everything on strength training and training for aesthetics the differences um, the similarities um, going through how to do both at the same time and then we went over a little bit on some of the best exercises for strength and hypertrophy which if you don't remember already there is not a best exercise for hypertrophy and strength we have to keep it specific um, to build strength in those movements thank you for joining us on another episode of the unfuck your health podcast do you have anything to add nope i think we touched on all of it awesome we will see you guys on the next episode as always, we want to thank you guys for listening to the Unfuck Your Health podcast, where we go into everything training, nutrition, mindset, and help you unfuck your health. We would really appreciate it if you guys share this on your story. We would love to see who's listening and say thank you. And if you guys leave us a five-star rating and review, that would be amazing. If you guys ever have any questions, um, feel free to send us a message, DM us. We have our social media linked in the show notes. So if you have any questions or any topics you'd like us to cover, please feel free to message us. We're always here to help you guys out.